Welcome back. Thank you for checking out this bonus edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. <laughs> you see the title. Um, there's a very popular meme that I've seen, and I'm sure many of you have seen uh, on social media, and it's made the rounds probably for the last few years. And it simply says, you know, I fell in love with hip hop when dot, dot, dot. So you have to fill in the blanks, if you will. Um, and it, it, I've seen it before. I've answered the question before, but I don't think, in fact, I'm sure that I never really talked about it on the podcast. So I was like, you know what? This would be nice for people to, you know, kind of hear my story, my background as to when I fell in love with hip hop. If you've been following this podcast and listening to this podcast, you know that I am a huge hip hop fan. Um, and I go way back with hip hop uh, <laughs> since. It, well, I'm not going to say since its inception, because hip hop was created in 1973. I was born in 1972. So, no, I wasn't a one year old partying with Cool Herc. But, you know, my my days of rap if you will, because it was rap back then, um, you know, as far as listening to it and gravitating toward the music uh, extends back into the early 80s, um, probably as early as 1982 when the message came out. Um, but I didn't fall in love with it then. I want to say I fell in love with hip hop twice. Um and that was a great feeling. The first time that I fell in love with hip hop was somewhere around the fall of 1983. In 83, I would have turned, well, in the fall of 83, I was, what, 11? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, it was it was special. And the first song that I heard was Sucker MCs, Run DMC. Now, again, this isn't the first hip hop song that I've heard or first rap song that I've heard because I'd heard the message. I'd heard, you know, a couple other songs and everything. Uh, uh, you know, of course, Rapper's Delight. But you know, honestly, I wasn't really checking for Rapper's Delight like that back then. Um and it's a while it's a great song, it's extremely long. <laughs> the song is like sixteen minutes long, <laughs> but that's another story for another day. Um, but yeah, it was Run DMC's "Sucker MCs," um, which ironically was a B side. And what I mean by B side for those of you who aren't familiar or maybe too young to remember that era. Um, Singles would get released. You'd have an A side and a B side. And so for your vinyl, the A side would be the side that you want the main single on. And then obviously we're talking about vinyl record. The record would have to have a another side when you flip the record over the B side. And the single was. It's like that by Run DMC. And while that is a great song. I took a strong liking to the B side, which was 
sucker MCs. And this is one of the few singles that I had as a child. Um, I mentioned it on previous podcasts and it's worth repeating. I grew up in a household at that particular time with with my mom and dad um, who were still married at the time. And they had a huge music collection. Well, I don't want to say huge. It was huge to me because I was, <laughs> I was little. I, I mean, shit, I didn't know. But they had a lot of records, and so like everybody had their records and stuff in the house, and they would play their records. But to my knowledge, if I can, you know, from what I can recall, this was the first record that I had of my own. Like my mom had her records, my dad had his records. Everybody from Stevie to Aretha Franklin to, you know, the Commodores. Um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, the Isley Brothers, you know, so my parents had their their records, but this was the first record for Kyle, right? Young 12 Kyle. <laughs> and so it's like that was the jam. It was jumping, but I just remember, you know, and I had a little small, <laughs> it's funny because like my parents had this big record player, um, hi-fi stereo in, the, in our living room, and then I had this small little Fisher-Price <laughs> Fisher Price record player uh, that I had in my room and uh, but I could play records on it and um, I remember having this single and like I said I just remember I don't remember like the first couple of times I listened or anything like that because so far so long ago but I do remember finally flipping the record over and listening to Sucker MCs and when I tell you it blew me away. It literally blew me away. I had never heard anything like this. And again, it's like that was incredible. But I just, I I couldn't, I, I it got to the point where I stopped playing this like that. <laughs> and all I would play was Sucker MCs. And, um, it was my joint, man. It, it was something that uh, that I really, really, really enjoyed, and I really just fell in love with it. And the thing that was interesting about that was at that particular time, um, again, it was called rap, and rap was something that wasn't supposed to stick around. It was supposed to be a fad. It was something that was supposed to come and go like disco or breaking, right? It wasn't anything that anybody thought would be around for a long time, so when you got your hands on records or eventually tapes, um, you cherish that stuff because you just didn't know how long it was going to be around. I mean, and that's what the grown people said. The grown people, oh, that that rap stuff, you know, it's not going to be around. It's it's just a fad. Every bit, Trust me, before I knew what the word fad meant, <laughs> I learned because that's how people describe rap. It was just... You know, uh, it's just a fad. It'll come and go. It'll be just like this. It'll be here for a couple of years and then it's gone. But obviously, Run DMC, if there's not, you know, if Run D- Run DMC doesn't happen, honestly, rap probably dies. Uh, I think all MCs and groups and artists owe a debt of gratitude to Run DMC because they literally kick down the doors to radio and TV uh, to get airplay and obviously gain popularity. Um, so, yeah, and, and in my opinion, without question, Run DMC is the greatest 
hip hop group of all time. Um, it's not even de- up for debate for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I just remember sitting in my room and you would play the record over and over and over. And, you know, the, obviously this is 83, so there's no internet. So you had to learn the lyrics. And I just remember learning the lyrics and sitting in my room. And once I finally mastered the lyrics, I would sit in there and rap it just like this. Two years ago, a friend of mine asked me to say some MC rhyme. So I said this rhyme I'm about to say. The rhyme was deaf, but and it went this way. Took a test to become an MC. And Orange Crush became amazed with me. So Larry put me inside his Cadillac. The chauffeur drove off and we never came back. Dave cut the record down to the bone. And now they got me rocking on the microphone. And now we're talking autographs. And here's the laugh, champagne, caviar, and bubble bath. And that's how I did it. I mean, like, that was big for me to be rapping the lyrics. <laughs> and you played it over and over and over again until you learned the lyrics. And once I learned the lyrics, um, to Run's part, then obviously I had to come back and I learned DMC's part as well. And it was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, so, yeah, those like the opening verse um, for both Run and for, for DMC, I was hooked. I was like, this is it. This is this is dope. Like it was fresh. It was cool. It was all of the superlative that we used back then. Dope, fresh, cool. Um, and I didn't want it to go away, but you know, I had that record and I played that record. I played that record. I I played that record literally until I could not play it anymore. Um, and that was the first time that I fell in love with hip hop. And I don't think there had been anything that would move me the way that that song moved. And then subsequently after run DMC comes out, you know, the other acts that appear, Curtis Blows, LL Cool J, so forth and so on, right? And by the mid-80s, you know, things are changing, things are shifting. Um, I found another song to fall in love with. Uh, and this song was from Eric B. and Rakim, My Melody. Now, here's the interesting thing about this song. This song also was a B-side. Uh, the A-side was Eric B. is president, right? And Eric B. is president was my introduction to Eric B. and Rakim. Uh, I remember telling my friends, like, yo, you heard that new Eric B.? Because <laughs> in my mind, whoever got mentioned first was the rapper, and the second person was the DJ, but it was actually reversed. Eric B and Rakim. Eric B was the DJ and Rakim, obviously, Supreme Lyricist MC, the God MC, Rakim Allah. Um, so, yeah, it was. So Eric B as president was crazy. And I remember also getting that record, <laughs> getting that record. Now, this came out, um, I want to say somewhere around the fall of 86 so I'm a little older and by this time I'm hooked I mean like 
you couldn't tell me anything about rap. I, I got the magazines. I watched anything that I could on TV anytime. And we didn't get rap didn't get a lot of play on TV anytime. And, and it really didn't even get a lot of play on radio um, outside of, you know, the late, late hours. Uh, but it was crazy. And I mean, all of this is coming to me, a kid who's not growing up in New York City, but a kid who's growing up in Florence, South Carolina. And a very small place, but I was hooked on this. And it's interesting because we would get we would get music in South Carolina late, what I would call late. Like, let's say a single gets released in New York um, in June, and let's say it's being played on the radio in New York in June, probably by August, <laughs> it makes its way it makes its way down south to the radio station in Florence. So I, you know, but we would still get our music. Like I remember, you know, having friends by this time, uh, I had a friend who lived down the street from me who had a cousin that lived in New York and his cousin would come and go back and forth between New York and South Carolina. And when he would come back, he would always have tapes and tapes that you could just buy off the street. Some, I don't want to say bootleg tapes, but yeah, bootleg tapes or whatever, whatever the case was. But when I heard this song, Eric B is president, I went to the record store and my mom got me the record and I played Eric B is president forever. And then one day <laughs> I flipped it over and I was like, okay, let me see what this other side is. For as much as I loved Eric B as president, my melody blew me out the door I mean like sucker MCs took me to one level but my melody took me to a whole nother level of love and I was just entrenched and really in love with this song and in love and to this day it is my personal favorite hip-hop song of all time just my personal not saying it's the greatest song of all time but it is my personal favorite um, so yeah. And again, I got to the point where you listen, you listen, you listen, you play it back, you listen, you listen. By this time, I think I was writing lyrics down. So I, again, we didn't have genius or, <laughs> or Google to Google the lyrics. So by this time I was, I would play the song. I play like a bar or two, stop it write the lyrics down, do that until I actually had the total lyrics of the song. And by the time I had the lyrics of the song, I was able to spit it and spit my favorite verse just like this. MCs that wanna be best, they're gonna be dissed if they don't get from in front of. All they can go get me is a glass of Moet. A hard time, sip your juice and watch a smooth poet. I take seven MCs, put them in a line, and add seven more brothers who think they can rhyme. Well, it'll take seven more before I go for mine. Now there's 21 MCs that up at the same time. And it was dope. <laughs> it was dope. So, yeah, it. it that song, um, you know, was the second time that I fell in love with hip hop. Uh, I did not know at the time that it would be it meaning rap slash hip hop would be a driving force in the rest of my life. 
I didn't know that it would ever would, would be this form of entertainment, this form of um, level of passion and, you know, everything that I've gotten from the genre of hip hop. And to the point now where I talk about it a lot, you know, um, and you hear me when I have like minded individuals like my boy Eclectic, um, where we do podcasts about it. And I mean, like it it's a billion dollar industry now, multi-billion dollar industry. Um and hip hop slash rap sells everything. It sells any and everything. And it's everywhere. I mean, I never thought I'd be watching a <laughs> a Utah Jazz playoff game and they're blasting hip hop as players are running up and down the court. I mean, in Salt Lake City, Utah, of all places. Uh, but it's come a long way. But my origin goes back to those moments of playing these records on my record player and being you know, engulfed with the lyrics, what they meant, how it made me feel. And even to this day, that's that's what I get from it. It takes me back. It makes me feel good. Um, And it's something that I think. How music is supposed to make you feel and you're supposed to relate and it should make you feel good about yourself and feel good about the world around you and just feel good about being creative and everything. And. Needless to say, I mean, Run DMC, again, the best group of all time. And in my opinion, Rakim is the greatest lyricist uh, to ever grab a microphone. Um, he is, you know, in my opinion, the GOAT. <laughs> and uh, but that's another story for another day. But I think both of these songs mean a lot. Both of these songs say a lot. And I'm able to still, even to this day, get something from it. I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, Eclectic and I were doing a podcast on his podcast. And, you know, he plays, he he was talking about, you know, the first verse, turn up the bass, check out my melody, hand out a cigar. You know, I'm letting knowledge be born and my name's the R. And then he, and then we were at the, at the time that we were recording that particular podcast, it clicked hand out a cigar. I'm letting knowledge be born at births. They would hand out cigars. And I literally realized this as we were recording the podcast, talking about that particular album. And it blew my mind. I had heard this song a gazillion times and never made that connection. And honestly, that's what hip hop is. You should get something from your music each time that you listen to it, maybe it's a drum kick that you hear. Maybe it's a clap that you hear that you never heard. Maybe it's a lyric or something that means something that might be a little bit deeper than you initially thought that it did. Uh, but yeah, it's these two songs. Um, they are everything. They are the reasons why I fell in love with hip hop. And, you know, I definitely wanted to share it with you. And of course it wouldn't be right if I did not take you out on these songs. So that is going to do it for me. Uh, I will leave you with Sucker MCs and my melody. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a bonus edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. Thanks for checking me out. I'll catch you guys next time. 5,000. Me.
need to say some MC rhyme So I said this rhyme I'm about to say The rhyme was there for then it went this way Took a test to become an MC And Orange Cliff became amazed at me So Larry put me inside the stack to lack The stripper drove off and we never came back They cut the record down to the bone And now they got me rocking on the microphone And then we talking all the grass And tears and laughs and champagne caviar And bubble bath You see, uh, that's the life uh, that I lead And you sucker